Well, good morning, church. Last uh, Sunday night, I, I had two very different things happening to me at the same time. I felt the familiar pain of a kidney stone, uh, which was going to be my second in 10 days. Uh, I felt the ache start in my back, and I thought, I just got through this like 48 hours ago. How could this be happening again? And you know, that kind of thing impacts my conversations with God at that point, and thinking, man, we, we got to work something out here. And in the midst of that, an email from Cindy Varner, the church accountant, comes through. And you know how on your, your phone or on your computer, sometimes there's a little preview of the email. And all I could see on the preview was, I hope you're sitting down as you read this email. And, you know, that could go two ways. And I said to God, I already have a kidney stone. Help this be good. You know, so I click on the email and I open it up. And for the first time in our recorded history as a church, we had not only met the Harvest Sunday goal, but we had blown right past it on the first day. And I, I immediately forgot my kidney stone right, for a little bit. <laughs> All of us have those, those kind of moments in life, right, where we, we got a lot of different things going on. And, and I think what's important for us as people of faith is to make sure that, that we know who to thank and who to trust when we get news like I got on Sunday night. In the midst of my, my kidney stone complication, right? Which, by the way, I had until about 8 o'clock last night. But we're, uh, we're good this morning. <laughs> right? Like, the, 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 it's, life is it's mixed blessings, right? It's, it's never all good, and it's, it's never all bad. And so it can be easy for us at times uh, to, to not have the perspective as people of faith that we, we want to hold on to, which is in the midst of the disappointments or the frustrations or things going wrong. And even though we can't ever with confidence explain why do all the, the different bad things or difficult things in our lives, why do they happen, right? We don't have easy, straightforward answers for those questions. We do have an easy, straightforward answer for why it is, what's, what, what's the good that's happening in my life and why does it come into my life, right? We know, we know who to thank. It's not ourselves, though at times we're tempted to take credit. Right? It's, it's, it's God. It's the Father who speaks us into existence. It's the, the older brother, Jesus, who walks alongside of us. It's the Holy Spirit within our, our own lives and our own hearts. It's nurturing us and embracing us. This idea of hashtag blessed, I, I didn't make it up, right? If you have been on the internet in the last, I don't know, five to ten years, you've noticed that it kind of pops up all over the place. It's widely used on social media as a way to express gratitude for fortunate circumstances or lucky situations. Now, as is always the case with the internet, things that start out with one intention quickly get picked up by all kinds of different people, and at times with no sense of irony, 
right? They start to misuse a hashtag like this where it goes away from trying to, to mark important, clear moments of feeling grateful and thankful to things that are not nearly that important. And then eventually, once people start using it that way, somebody's going to decide, hey, I can use it ironically. I can use it comedically, right? So I'm going to show you just four examples. These are all screen grabs of actual posts on social media, right? Celebrating 21 years of marriage today. Blessed, okay? That's kind of the spirit in which this whole thing started. When you get to hold your little sister for the first time, you know, that was accompanied with a cute little picture of a toddler boy holding the baby who's going to alter his own identity in that family forever, and he's smiling because he doesn't grasp that yet. <laughs> right, all little sisters are mixed blessings, right? Okay, so then eventually it becomes something like this. Four green lights in a row. Blessed. I am not quite sure you're getting this. To this, caught a piece of bacon falling out of my sandwich right before it hit the ground. <laughs> Something's missing in translation, right? Because while, while you and I want to have a perspective where we, we notice the good, again, that comes crashing into our lives, just like bad comes crashing into our lives, we, we want to we see those moments and, and we want to give, as people who believe in this Heavenly Father, we want to give God the credit for those kinds of things happening. We start to blend truly good moments from things just kind of working out when it doesn't matter all that much. You know, I don't think God cared very much about the piece of bacon. I doubt God cares very much about whether or not you and I have to stop at a light to wait for a minute or two. Every year in freshman Bible, I have somebody, if, if I have a time in class where I'm taking prayer requests, somebody asks for me to pray for the Cowboys to win. I don't think God cares if the Cowboys win or lose. I think God cares a whole lot if somebody gets injured in the game, right? I, th I think God cares about a lot of the things in our lives. I think God cares about every moment of our lives, but I don't think God automatically cares the same way we do or tends to care about the outcomes that we sometimes wrap a lot of self-worth into. And so we, we've got to balance, right? I, I don't like... The concept of, of inviting God into what I would call just good luck moments, right? Things where you turn on the radio and your favorite song happens to be on, and you turn it up and you're, you're you know, fortunate enough there's nobody else in the car to have to listen to you try to sing lead, so you just belt it out and you feel good, right? And I think God cares that you feel good. And I think God would want you to, to be grateful for the fact that you're alive, that you have what you need, and that you so happen to turn on the radio and your favorite song was on, but the idea that God picked up the DJ somewhere and started playing around with the DJ like, like a chess piece on a board just so that when you turned on your car radio, you, that, that, that starts to move into places where it's like, I, 
I think God is collaborating, is partnering with us more than that. I don't think God's just playing around with us like we're in some huge divine chess game. And the reason that's important is if we think that the answer to why bad things happen is always the same as the answer to why good things happen in our lives, we've got a lot of explaining to do. And that's why I want us to hold on to the idea that the truly good things, they come to us from the heart of God. But God created a good world. God's created good people. God's created DJs who sometimes pick your favorite song and put it on the radio. So you can be thankful to God for that without thinking that God's controlling, micromanaging every single thing that's unfolding. But in the same way that we have to be careful about the way we view the the good things in our lives, we want to be really careful not to blame God for every bad thing that unfolds, for every bad decision that gets made, for every car accident that happens, for every illness that's unleashed within someone's body. And yet in the midst of those difficulties and those those moments of struggle, those moments where our doubts threaten to overtake our faith, we start to search for the good. We start to search for the light. We start to search for grace. And what Scripture assures us time and again, what our own faith journeys remind us time and again, is that if we search, we will find. Psalm 105 offers us these words. Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make his deeds known to all people. Sing to God. Sing praises to the Lord. Dwell on all his wondrous works. Give praise to God's holy name. Let the hearts rejoice of all those seeking the Lord. Pursue the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. Remember the wondrous works he has done, all his marvelous works, and the justice he declared. You who are the offspring of Abraham, his servant, and the children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Now, there are all kinds of psalms in Israel's songbook that I think strike at the intersection of the heart and the mind, right, of, of thoughts and emotions. And, and they're able to tell a truth to us in the form of a song that's calling forth, right, or commanding us not just to do certain things, but to feel certain ways, right, that, that we can both have moments where gratitude just feels like it happens, And then we have other moments where we have to choose it. And that's what I want us to focus on together this morning. How how we have these times of the year that I think naturally, because of a holiday like Thanksgiving, because of the, the seasons and year after year where we gather together and we try to choose to be thankful, right? We in anticipation of that moment. In anticipation of that experience, we start to see the world differently, right? That's the truth here. 
And so I want us to make sure that we hold on to, to both sides of that truth. I, I want us to start by admitting that when things happen that bless us, when things unfold in our lives that help us feel good, that we don't rush past those moments onto other things that we feel like we need to do, that we don't throw up a, a shield over the, the doorway of our hearts to say, no, I'm not going to let that feeling get too close to me. I'm not, I'm not going to let it sink in too much. And so I, I want us to think through how often in Psalms the people are commanded to embrace their feelings. They're commanded to name their emotions and to say, that's what, that, that thing you're feeling, that, that thing in your chest that's welling up, it's gratitude. Cherish it. Don't ignore it. Don't call it something else. Don't, don't decide that you felt it for 2.5 seconds and so now that's enough. Savor it. Hold on to it. Because in a world like ours where we are constantly being assured from all kinds of places that we don't have enough, in those moments when we realize we have more than enough, that we've been blessed with more than enough, we better not let those moments just pass us by. Cherish gratitude. I think one of the things that we really struggle with when it comes to, to holding on to that feeling of being thankful, of being grateful, is that there's deep within our, I think our souls, maybe inherited by our, our world, I don't know where it comes from, it's this uneasiness to have to owe anyone anything. Right? And that even goes as far as to saying we, we at times struggle with just how much we owe God. So we'd rather not have to spend a ton of time in that vulnerable place, that, that tender space of saying, I wouldn't be here without what you did for me. I, I wouldn't be here if you hadn't helped me. I, I wouldn't be able to experience the goodness that I have in my life apart from you. Just think about the times in your life when you, you may have a, a flash of, of gratitude towards somebody, but it's so fleeting and, and you resist it so much that you don't even ever express to them in words that you had that feeling. Right? Somebody walks through the door who's really helped you out, helped you get through something, and you think, I should say thank you. I should say, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to send them a thank you card, a note. And then you put it off, and you put it off, and then you think, well, maybe I'll just, the next time I see him, I'll say, and you forget, right? And, and all of that, I think, is, is a natural human resistance to, to just being able to look somebody else in the face and say, I, need, I needed your help, and you helped me, so thank you. In fact, for those of us who sometimes receive those words, we, we can rush past those moments because it feels a little bit awkward, doesn't it? I mean, I just, I had, had that happen this morning. Kent Rideout walked, walked up to me and was expressing thanks to me about something. And it was all I could do to stand there and look, Kent, right, where are you sitting, Kent? There you are, yeah. Right, and he, he could feel it and he reached out to hold me so that I wouldn't get away. 
Like, it was gentle, but it was like, no, I want to talk about this for a minute. It's important. I want to say thank you. Right? And, and I, I think we, we not only have some, some of that awkwardness and that difficulty when it comes to how we relate to one another when we feel that gratitude, I, I think we, we struggle when it comes to our relationship to God. Now, I know we never actually say, I think I've earned my way back to even when it comes to our relationship with God. But I think all of us struggle at times with maybe a really unformed secret question in our hearts, which is, we come here week after week after week, right? And every week we're asked to give of ourselves, of our resources. And there's a little place inside most of us that at least once in a while says, man, hasn't it been enough? I mean, when, when is it going to be enough? When you feel like that around gratitude, you can run from gratitude, even when it's one of the most important things for you and I to feel, right? To, to actually understand in our hearts and our minds that we owe God everything, every good thing, right? In James chapter 1, verse 17, every good and perfect thing in your life comes from one place. Right? We know that. And it's not like it just came once into your life. It continues to come into your life like rain from heaven itself. And so you and I, brothers and sisters, we need to find ways. You know, we, we all have these moments in our everyday lives where, where something happens that it's good and it's pure and it's better than we deserve. And I'm telling you, if we don't stop to recognize the true gift that those moments are, we miss them. We have a flash of gratitude in our life. And if we don't stop in that moment to say thank you, and maybe that's all it really needs to be in the course of your day, is every single time something happens to you, whether it's through someone else or, or through the way events are unfolding around you, that you come to that place in your heart where you simply say thank you. Thank you. I don't deserve this, but thank you. I didn't do this. I didn't accomplish this, but thank you. I didn't know how to respond in that conversation, but the words just came into my heart and my mind at the right moment, so thank you. I wasn't ready for this curveball that just happened in the middle of my day. But thank you for helping me get to the place I needed to be. You and I need to make sure and I'm telling you, it happens every single day. We need to make sure that when those things unfold around us and inside of us, we don't ignore them. We don't pass them by, but we intentionally stop and cherish that experience of gratitude. Now again, it's this right, combination of things that just happen and we're not ready for it and we're not thinking so much as we're feeling. But we are commanded time and again throughout Scripture, not only in the Psalms, but throughout all of Scripture, we are commanded to express our thanks, to sing songs of praise. 
right? To tell the stories of all the amazing things that God has done among us and in us and through us. And I think we're told to express our gratitude because when we express our, our gratitude, we find that it's a way to cultivate it. Right? We, we find that, that when we start to develop the habit of saying thank you to the source of all goodness in our lives, that we realize there's even more good happening. There's even more good moments unfolding than we could have ever imagined before we were trying to train ourselves to pay attention. You, you know this is true in your life, right? That you see more of what you focus on. You just do. The things that you're, you're trying to see, those are, are what you see. And so if, if, like me, you're somebody who kind of moves through your, your life trying to look at what's wrong so that you can find a way to fix it, well, then you're going to run through your day feeling like most of the things and the people around you are broken. Right? But if we could choose to, to shift the focus of our hearts away from the things that need fixing all the time, all the time, and at least for a little bit each day try to, try to claim more space in our souls and our hearts to say, you know, before I rush off to try to fix everything or deal with everything, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try my hardest to see all the places where God is stepping in and pouring out goodness and grace and mercy and kindness and patience into our world where there's no real good explanation. There's no explanation for it that makes any sense except for it to come into our lives from God. What I'm trying to say here is I realize gratitude it's a spontaneous feeling, right? That, that often gratitude comes to us unasked for and, and unforced, but it's meant to be more than a spontaneous feeling. It's, it's supposed to be an intentional way of learning how to see ourselves and how to see our world and how to move through our world. This is true of every deeply It's true of every, every deeply rooted human situation that we find ourselves in, right? That, that in those situations, it's always a mix of maybe a spontaneous feeling that we have, but those spontaneous feelings just aren't enough because they don't come all the time. They don't happen when we want them to happen. And so then, after we've tasted the goodness of something like love, right? We don't, we don't want love to come to the place where we say, look, it has nothing to do with how you feel. It's just what you do. We've all been stuck around somebody who's trying to love us through clenched teeth and doesn't like us. And it it doesn't feel the way love's supposed to feel, right? Love is absolutely defined in large part in how we actively treat one another, but we want it to also come from a place of genuine affection, right? True love has both aspects that are true at the same time. It's, it's the same case with gratitude, Look, we're always going to have times in our day where if we stop to savor it, we're going to realize it's like wave upon wave of, of opportunities to spontaneously feel gratitude. But I assure you, there will be seasons in your life, there will be days in your week, in your month, in your year where even when you're looking 
you're not going to feel it. And when you don't feel things like love or commitment or honesty, when those things aren't coming naturally as people of faith, we choose to behave that way anyway. And so even though we will have times in our lives, and and Avery and Victor talked about this when they gathered us around the Lord's table, right, what's coming up on Thursday, right, for some of it, it's straightforward. It's just something you're looking forward to. You're looking forward to the people who are going to be there. You're looking forward to the meals that that you're going to share together. Maybe it's not a bunch of meals. It's just one, like, nine-hour-long meal that never stops, But for others of us, it's more complicated than that, right? Like there's a bunch of people at the table we'd like to sit next to, but then there's going to be some other people that we hope are in the other table in the other room, and we hope we don't get stuck there, right? Well, what if you do get stuck there? What do you, what do, you do in that moment? Well, you, you may not feel the gratitude that you were expecting to feel, but you choose to sift through your life, to sift through that moment and say, what is it in this moment? Even if I'm not feeling it, what is it in this moment that I should have gratitude for? And if I can name those things, if I can focus on those things, here's what's interesting to me about about love. Let's go back to that again. If I start out struggling to love somebody and I don't have the natural affection to do it and I start to behave, I start to do what I know is the next right thing in loving them, Here's what almost always happens for me. I start to actually feel better about them. I behave my way into feeling that love that I had lost. The same is true with gratitude, brothers and sisters. We may get to a place where it's just not naturally happening inside of us because we can't find enough good happening around us. But the truth is, when we go to Scripture and say, what do I do when I'm not feeling gratitude? You speak it. You sing it. You tell stories again of all the ways that God has been good to you and you believe he will be good to you in those same ways again. We can pray our way back into gratitude. We can serve our way back into gratitude. We can create hospitality in our hearts for people and suddenly find that we want them to be there. It's not just a matter of cherishing it when gratitude breaks out. It's about cultivating our hearts. You can't force it, but you can hold yourself in the waiting. Right? You can hold yourself in the ready position so that the moment your heart gets a chance to soak some of that thanksgiving, some of that gratitude, some of that gratefulness, as soon as, as, soon as that door opens up, you're not going to miss it. I want us to be people who, even if we're not feeling gratitude, we choose it, we name it, we sing it, we pray about it, fully expecting that our God is a God who is constantly giving, blessing, showering us with grace and goodness. And I don't care, I don't care how long you have to wait, it's always worth the wait. Our hope is never disappointed. When we, wait, when we wait for that kind of moment to come to us from the life of God, from the heart of God again. I want you to live with this quote. I've been living with it for the last several weeks, and, and it really has started to seep down into to who I am. And, and I want you to just look at these words, and I want us to kind of carry these words with us this, this week. Everything is a gift. 
The degree to which we're awake to this truth is a measure of our gratefulness. And gratefulness is a measure of our aliveness. I don't think that last word is a word, but it should be. Don't you want to be alive in your own life? I know I do. And I think the times I feel drained, the times I feel like I'm not alive in my own life. It's because I'm focused on me. It's because I'm focused on what's not working, what, what I need to try to fix. It's because I feel like I'm not enough or I don't have enough or, or maybe we don't have enough and I, I worry about it and I'm consumed with, with the anxiety that comes from feeling like in a world like this where things are going wrong, I have to look out for myself because no one else is gonna, all of those thoughts, right? They go against the spirit of being grateful, of believing that it's not just that I have to somehow make up for a lack of God's intervention in my life, but that I have to be reminded again, I am not God. I'm God's child. And he loves me. And the way God loves me, it is a genuine affection, but it's more than that. It's God intervening, doing things, showing up in my life. And if I'm only focused on what I think I'm able to do, I'm going to miss it. And instead of feeling grateful, I'm going to feel lucky, or I'm going to feel talented, or I'm going to feel like I managed to dodge a bullet, when I should be feeling thankful And I can't be the only one who struggles with this. And so as we enter into a week where we're trying to focus, and you may do this at your your house, you know, you may get to Thursday and somebody's going to say, let's go around the table. And everybody say what they're thankful for. And the introverts always go look at the stars at that point, right? Or they're missing. But someone always calls you back. Okay, what you start. You know, and I, I... my family, we have these kinds of conversations around Thanksgiving, and it depends on the kind of how the day's going. You know, and if the day's going rough, it's like, well, I'm thankful that my sister didn't hit me again. You know, like a way to tattle and give a speech at the same time. I, I, I get it. We get to that place in the day and we're, we're thinking, I, I, you know, I'm dreading it. Why am I dreading it? Well, part of it is I think it's hard for us to admit That the good in our life, it doesn't belong to us. It was given to us. It's hard to say that, no matter how old you are. But I think the other side of it is, a lot of us are blessed so much so often, we think it's the way our life should go. In other words, we've been blessed so much so faithfully, we take blessing for granted and think we deserve it. Brothers and sisters, you just don't. I don't deserve it. I have so many days that go exactly the way I expect them to go, I start to think that's how life's supposed to work. So then I kind of freak out. If my day starts going, it just falls apart. From the moment I, we've all had these days, you get out of bed and you think about 10 minutes in, I shouldn't have gotten out of bed. You stub your toe, the thing you wanted for breakfast isn't available. You get to work and the computer's not working. You, you, you know these days, right? You just think, this, this day, I need a reset. But I need to start over. I, part of that's because so many days, countless days, days you've never even noticed, everything basically went the way you wanted it to go. 
And you may have gotten home that day and thought, man, I'm good. No, God's good. We need to have a better sense of gratitude and practice of gratitude. And I promise you, the more we're open to the feeling and the more we anticipate it, the more we intentionally shape ourselves to receive that feeling, brothers and sisters, we'll get to the place where we genuinely feel the presence of God and we're grateful for it every single step we take, every single moment that unfolds, whether it's good or it's bad, we will know that we're not alone that God is with us and God is for us. And that feels like gratitude. And if this guy's right, it feels like good life. Happy Thanksgiving. We're gonna stand together in just a moment and sing. And as we do, I just want you to think about the coming week. I want you to, to hold in your heart the reality of, of coming to a place where we gather together and we want to be open to being people who speak words of, of thanksgiving and feel the truth of those words. And may we find a way this week to have that kind of experience so that we don't, we don't wait until next year to step into that kind of experience again. We're grateful. And it's time for us to feel the truth of that every single moment of every single day. Let's stand together and 